Hey, welcome to welcome to worship, everybody. What a great time we've had so far. Uh, Landon, if you would switch over. Thank you, sir. So we're beginning our seven essential questions series today. Our seven running towards we're running towards a great time. Um, now today we are starting with. Who is Jesus? So if you've got your device, you can go to minty.com and enter the code and participate on the screen. If you don't have a device, just to catch my eye, who is, who is Jesus? The Messiah. Emmanuel, God with us. Nice. Who is, who is Je- the Messiah? Who's Jesus? The resurrection, the Son of God. Our deliverer. Our friend. Pardon? Teacher. Nice. Who else? Savior of the world. So cool. Who else? Bringer of peace. The Prince of Peace. What else? What's that? <laughs> Best bud ever. Me and Jesus. BFF, right? My Lord, my protector. Jesus, right? So cool. I mean, now, I mean, there's no getting around this question, right? There's, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to come to a decision on who is Jesus because it's so, it's such a profound question. Who else? Kid of God. That's funny. You're really getting my goat. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That was really bad. Anyway... Yeah, you guys are really on the horns of a dilemma this morning. Let me tell you what. Now, (laughs) yes, your example, wonderful. Yeah, all those things. So Jesus, we're going to have to come to a conclusion on him. And that's who we're starting with today. Who, Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And so we're going to talk about it today at a little bit of a different angle. But before we do, I'd like us to watch a one minute a one minute 45 video. And so Alan Landon will get that set up. Um, Go ahead and start it from zero. There you go. Thank you, sir. Historical figure? I don't know. I think he was just a person. I don't know. Just a normal person like us. He was a selfless person. I have no clue. He was a man. I think he was marketing genius because he got people to believe him. I don't. I don't think he's the son of God. I don't believe that at all. If David Copperfield was in the day of Jesus, he would be Jesus. I'm pretty sure he existed. Like I'm not gonna say that he didn't exist. He was God's son, but so was Gandhi, and so was Muhammad, and so was you know. We're all God's children. Jesus is someone I pray to. Well, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Um, and he, to me, is the like symbol of just ultimate forgiveness and ultimate love. He's sort of that like constant figure in my life. Jesus is also Isa in Arabic, and he was a messenger as well. He was just extremely enlightened, like religiously and morally. Was somebody that... Um, just try to um, impart wisdom on others and um, make the world a better place. I think he saw something that a lot of people didn't see and still don't see in others. And I I think that's just a lot of love and and hope. Jesus sort of seemed like 
an ominous uh, figure. You know, he just, he, he was God, and it was hard to relate to him. But I think as I've grown in my faith a lot, I've really started to see Jesus as my closest friend. Thanks, guys. There's lots of opinions on who Jesus is, right? And you could tell the, the main part of that was that a lot of these folks, well, he's just a guy. He's a teacher. He was a moral teacher, right? He was, oh. but I tell you what, dead super rabbis who teach you things don't impact the world. Dead super rabbis who just teach us how to be nice don't change your life. Dead super rabbis are irrelevant. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Peter was asked that. The disciples were asked, who am I by Jesus? And this is what they said. This is what Peter said in Matthew 16, where we read, now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, you know, or one of the other prophets. And Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And who do you say that I am? <clears throat> Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Okay. So Jesus, Peter said, you're the Messiah. Peter said, Jesus, you're the and, and, and Jesus was surprised, right? Hey, good job, Peter. You didn't come up with that on your own. We're going to talk about that. So today, guys, we're in our discussion. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And, and you would expect, I think, you expect me to say the normal things, right? But I am going to go off of the, a couple of assumptions. Assumption number one is that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus is the resurrected Son of God. I'm just going to go with that. Okay, that's pretty much where you're in a Christian church. That's that's it. Jesus bodily resurrected. Does he need to shave in heaven right now? I don't know. Jesus raised from the dead on the third day. Another assumption that I'm going to work off of is that Jesus perfectly reveals God the Father. When somebody says, what does God look like, Aaron? Well, I don't know. Look at Jesus. What do you see there? Well, X, Y, and Z. Well, there you go. There's the Father. You, I'm going off the assumption that Jesus perfectly reveals God the Father. That's, and that Jesus is alive today. So that's, that's some assumptions. If you have trouble with those assumptions, well, come talk to me. That's great. We'll think about it. But those are my assumptions. Jesus is the crucified and risen Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ. And Jesus reveals the Father. So, first point. Who is Jesus? Well, number one here is Jesus is the basis for our morality. Huh? <laughs> I bet you didn't expect that one, did you? Everybody has a sense of right and wrong, don't they? It seems like there's a universal sense of, of right and wrong. Is it right to murder? Huh. Why? Okay, okay. Is it a good idea to cheat people and swindle them out of money that have been kind to you? Or is it a good idea to cheat and swindle anybody for that matter? Right? I mean, is it a good idea to kick puppies? Uh, right? I mean, we, kids, kids who don't even think about such things out on the playground. What's the, you hear mostly, 
It's not fair. Do over, right? It's not fair. Now, why? Why would I say Jesus is the basis for our morality? Because the existence of morals in the world shows the existence of God, I think. Because there is this worldwide planetary idea of what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong, what's, what's of God and what's evil. Because there are these things, it shows the existence of God, I think. And since God is revealed to us by Jesus, Jesus is the basis for everything we say is right and wrong. Everything we say is good and evil. Jesus is the basis of our morality. What does he say, Aaron? Well, you guys know. Love your enemy as as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pray for those who hate you. Give to those who ask of you. Forgive 70 times 7 on the same day for the same thing. Go to a cross for people who may not even like you. Be a good Samaritan. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, strength, all of those words. Right? Jesus is the basis for our morality. Right? For planet Earth. Now we might say, well, Aaron, in the last, in, it, there's some atheist folks who say that we can come up with just a, a, a logical, there's logical morals, logical ethics, but we can see what the Enlightenment brought with logic, logical morals and thinking in the 1900s. We talked about this at discussion group, World War One, World War Two, the Soviet Revolution, the gulags, um, Chinese communism and Mao's revolution, the killing fields of Cambodia, Vietnam, Rwanda, genocides. There, you know what? a way of trying to think of what's right and wrong outside of Jesus, outside of God. We didn't come up with anything logical. We just came up with better ways to kill people. Better ways to show how evil we are. Right? There, educate, well-educated, healthy, logical people just came up with better ways to build bombs. They didn't come up with ways to treat people better. And then in, then in contemporary America, the big thing now is postmodernism, right? What's true for you is true for you. Speak your truth. What's true for me is true for me. I'll speak my truth. So there's nothing true? Because two opposing thoughts cannot be true. If I think kicking puppies is right and you think kicking puppies is wrong, Are they both true? So we end up just, it's like a snake that eats its own tail. If I'm only looking out for myself and thinking what I think is right, I'm going to come up with a lot. Hitler thought killing Jews was a good idea. Okay? Hitler thought that was a good idea. It made him happy. Follow your bliss, Hitler. (laughs) Right? Following your bliss and chasing after... I'll tell you what, guys. Happiness is not the end goal of human life. And we need to tell people this, especially our young people. 
Happiness is not the goal of human life because happiness is fleeting and changes by the day. Purpose and meaning is what life's all about. Commitment and loyalties and, 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 and morality. That's the point of life. Because being happy changes when, someone, when Apple brings out a new iPhone. You see what I mean? And so we need to see something more than that. We need to see what's the relevance for today. We all need a guide on how to act. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the basis for our morality. Jesus is how we should be. And oh gosh, is he ever a challenge because I'm a small, petty, angry little man. But Jesus invites me to be more than that. Forgiving, hopeful, humble, giving, compassionate, forgiving, All of these things Jesus invites me and you to be. He is that worldview that is life-changing. Church, the world, America, Rochester, Minnesota needs to see you and needs to see Jesus offering a morality that is world-altering because they don't see anything else. They need to see that. And who better but you? Who better but me? Who better but a church of the risen Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus? Jesus is a basis for our morality. Okay? Ha! This is a lot different than Jesus is what you thought I was going to say, didn't you? Ha! Jesus is our meaning maker. Have you ever wondered why? What's the point? Uh, You know, like 20% of Americans have mental health disorders at any one time. And especially those people who are depressed, and I'm sorry if if you're there, we'd love to be with you in this. Sometimes we wonder why. Maybe we don't want to get out of bed because what's the point? Or we lose our interest in things. We wonder, is there any purpose in life? Because when I look look at the internet and I see coronavirus, what's the point? Or I see... Ugly things happening to innocent victims. What's the point? And I ask, why? Is it? Is this just? Is this? Is is life just? And in church, let me tell you, younger generations think this way. Older generations, not so much. Younger gen, and I'm not pointing. I'm just saying this is a shift in thinking. They're, the biggest obstacle in their life is meaninglessness. When your entire life revolves around likes and hearts on Instagram and it's thin and shallow and relationships are missing. What's the point? Surely surely my atoms just didn't come together in a random style and decide to replicate and make things and make this thing called life. Surely my atoms just don't disappear when I die and go back into some whatever. What's the point? That's where you come in because Jesus is our meaning maker. Why, excuse me, why do we smile and cry tears of joy when a new baby is born into the family or at weddings? Why do we, why do we weep of tears of sadness when we see crime and evil happening? 
Why do, surely it's just not some random chemical cocktail in our brains that produces dopamine or non, whatever you medical people know what all those chemicals are. I don't. Jesus is our meaning maker. Why? Because, because, because we are reflections of God. Life carries meaning because you are worthy. People are worthy as reflections of God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, men and women. In the beginning, God said, let us create men and women in our image. And in, his, in, in God's image, He created them, male and female. The meaning of life comes through our faith in God, everybody. We, we, wear, we weep tears of joy at a wedding or, or at a baby's birth because we see the creation and we are with God in His creativity. We, we weep tears of sadness at evil because we are with God in God's hatred of and sadness at evil. God is the meaning maker. Why do you exist? Surely there's a point. Surely it's just not to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Right? Surely there's more to it than that. Perhaps because it is God has laid out a path for us. And and I'm not going to say, oh, you've got to find that path. No, No, what I mean is God has created you to be a resemblance, an image reflector of Him. And, and when I say Him, I'm being kind of generic. God. Women, you are an image of God. Men, you are an image of God. You're, you are created to be dignified. You are created to... Don't... You know, Aaron's got two lives, two, two life rules. And you know it's important when, when you speak in third person. Um, Aaron's got two life rules. <laughs> Number one life rule is whatever you feel like doing, Aaron, do the opposite. <laughs> um, sometimes I don't. Aaron, you feel like getting angry right now. Do the opposite. You feel like being selfish right now and not taking out the trash and saying, land and take out the garbage. <laughs> Aaron. Do the opposite. You feel like belittling someone. Do the opposite. You feel like looking at internet pornography. Do the opposite. You feel like being angry and unforgiving because somebody hurts you and you know they're a jerk. Do the opposite. Okay, you get the point. Life rule number two, I just came up with it the other day, is don't do anything that belittles you. If you can't, Aaron, if you can't stand there with your head held high, you shouldn't do it. And this means anything. That's, that's my life rule number two. I like that one. That one's hard. If, if, if acting in that way will not... And why do I say that? Because, guys, I am created in the image of God. You are created in the image of God. You are created to be dignified and God-bearing. Do not belittle yourself. Do not belittle this thing called life by doing ugly nonsense that tears you down, that tears others down, that tears the image of God down because you were made with purpose. I was made with purpose. Life is beautiful. Right? Life is a wonderful thing. As long as I got that string. Anyway, I like jazz standards. Okay? You and I, the whole world has meaning and they need to hear that. 
They need to hear that, right? I mean, I suppose, uh, I, I don't know. I, I suppose if we were to go to, to one of our high schools around and we were to just sit and chat with some of the students there and we were to say, what's the purpose of life? Would they give us really well thought out good answers or would they be like, boy, I don't know. You have the meaning of life. Jesus is that meaning maker. Your life in Christ is a meaning. Loving others is meaning. Serving others is meaning. Welcoming in Jesus' name is meaning. Being a part of this is meaning. Do you know joining a group is as good for your health, literally as good for your health, as stopping smoking? And I kid you not, that is a bona fide study. You could either quit smoking or join a church and you're going to live that much as long. That's how important it is to be together. There's some of you medical folk out there like, yeah, I'd like to see that study. I can show you that study. I've got footnotes for that study. Okay? The book weighs about six pounds, but I can show you. Now, so, church, we got hope. We got meaning in Jesus and that's our job to be meaning makers. Because Jesus is our meaning maker. Any thoughts or comments real quick before we move on? Any thoughts or comments before we move on? Oh, good time to cough. Good. Yeah? All right, we'll move on. Okay. Now finally here, who is Jesus? Okay, let's go back to that that video we watched of all the young, not the young folk, but all the folk in New York City where they were going around with the camera. If we're there, a lot of those people said, well, he was a guy with good ideas. He was a nice guy. He was a compassionate guy. Nice guys, compassionate guys who tell people to love everybody do not change the world very much. Okay? If... In your pursuit of being nice, if you knew you had to suffer for it, would you do it? What would you subject yourself to? Would you subject yourself to pain in order to follow somebody's teaching about being nice? Probably not. Jesus is our vision and our inspiration in that he has cast for us a vision of the future that frankly gets me out of bed in the morning. I dedicated my life to it. And if I were honest, my family's life to it. Because they're with me in it. That the fact that Jesus is the meaning maker, the morality maker, the King of kings, Lord of lords, crucified and resurrected on the third day, who has a plan for the world to make it better, to stomp out evil and death and idolatry. That is a vision that I will dedicate my life to, and that's a vision that I have chosen to suffer for. Willingly. Willingly. Nice guy Jesus doesn't do that for me. You know, I had that problem about 25 years ago. I about became an atheist. Yeah, man, I had a master's degree in church stuff. Why? Because thin Jesus who just decided to save me from my sin because God had rules wasn't thick enough to hold me. You know, oh, I'm a bad person who needs to be forgiven. 
that wasn't strong enough to hold me. But a Jesus, a vision of Jesus who says, the kingdom of God has come. That death might be defeated, that evil might be defeated in the here and now. That's a vision to get me out of bed and to hold me. That's something to dedicate my life to. That's something to stand and absorb the evil and the pain into my own body if need be because Jesus has promised that future. Right? Because of Jesus and the vision and the inspiration that He gives, this church can be sacrificial and outstanding and excellent and compassionate and hope-filled because we see that future that Jesus has given to us. Why do parents sacrifice for their children? Because they have a vision for the future. A hopeful future. Why can a church sacrifice for Rochester, Minnesota? Because it has a vision for the future. You just coming here and hearing some guy yak his gums is not a vision for the future that will get anybody in here, not change anybody's life. And you yourself will not come for very long. But you come in here to be a part of a Jesus movement that utterly transforms the face of planet earth. And that can be literally. Because Jesus, I believe Jesus wants us to take care of planet earth. Take care of the garden, right? We will transform the face of the earth in a good way. That's Jesus is our vision maker, our meaning maker, our inspiration. The one who leads us forward in forgiveness and mercy and hope. Right? Jesus gives that vision. Why is the church irrelevant and why don't kids come back when their parents ask them? Because we've forgotten that vision. Well, because it's nice to be nice, Junior. (laughs) Dad, other people tell me it's nice to be nice. I don't need to go to your church. Now, who is Jesus? A dead man raised to life? God, a very God? God Himself. Foolishness! Yes, foolishness. Foolishness. What's the proof for it all? Well, there ain't none. I have to have faith. What's the proof against it? Well, there ain't none there either. I'm going to have to have faith that way. So you're going to have faith either way. Which faith are you going to have? World transforming faith or selfish destructive faith? And we're going to, how, me, me telling you reasons why Jesus exists won't change anybody's mind. Right? It's like trying to teach you, tell you why you should take vitamins. You don't care. Until you need something that changes your opinion. And so today I'm going to say, guys, we've got to encounter the risen Jesus. I can tell you till I'm blue in the face about Jesus, but you won't believe until you meet him. Face to face. Huh? Through, the, through the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the living Jesus comes to us. Allow Him who He's, allow Jesus to be who He is because we allow everybody to be who they are when we first meet them. And encounter the risen Jesus face to face.
come and to meet him. And when I do, you, I promise you'll never be the same. Encountering the risen Jesus. So let's seek to meet Jesus today, everybody. Let's seek Jesus. He's the Messiah. Yes, he's the revealer of God. Yes, he's God, a very God. Yes, he's risen on the third day. Yes, but he is also our morality, our meaning maker, our vision and inspiration. Come, let us live real life in Jesus. Because when we choose that way, we can stand with our heads high and be proud of the choice we're making, the meaning we're making in life. That's who Jesus is on this first day of Lent Sunday.